Welcome to She's Running, the podcast all about women who are running for office, from school board to Senate and everything in between. I'm Emily Jackson. Today's guest is Kathy Hoffman, who is running for superintendent of public institution in Arizona. There are some seriously awful things happening right now. Just awful. An act of terror just occurred in Las Vegas, and I'm sure it will be completely politicized while those in positions of power race to condemn but not actually fix the underlying problem. Puerto Rico is completely devastated, and again, those with the power to help are playing politics with people's lives. It's really damn depressing, y'all, and smarter, more eloquent people than I are and will be talking about both of these tragedies. So instead, I'd like to give a little light and happiness here to start the podcast. Last week, I went to ComNet 17, a conference for those in communications in the nonprofit and nonprofit adjacent sectors. It was amazing. My only complaint is that it was far too short. If you follow She's Running on Twitter, you'll know that I was blown away by some of the keynote speakers that we had. There were so many amazing women. I got to see Melanie Newman of the NAACP Legal Defense Fund interview Sarah Hurwitz, former chief speechwriter for Michelle Obama. Meredith Klein of the John D. and Catherine T. MacArthur Foundation interviewed Pulitzer Prize-winning author Catherine Boo. And Michelle Norris, former NPR anchor and founder of the Race Card Project, was just so freaking amazing and inspiring. After a tough couple of weeks for me professionally, it was invigorating to see and hear these women who are at the top of their games. If you want to know more about what they and others had to say about writing, speech writing, getting your message across, and just a crap ton of other great topics, search the hashtag ComNet17 on Twitter. So freaking fabulous, I can't even tell you. So I was just on your webpage, and I love that you have a book in your logo. Oh, thank you. That's, that's so awesome. <laughs> yeah, it seems to fit the job title. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So speaking of job title, what mm-hmm. is superintendent of public instruction? I don't even know what that is. Okay. Well, I think most states have it, but Arizona is one of the few states where it's an elected position. Yeah. So it's the person who runs the Department of Education. Okay. So how did you decide that this is what you wanted to run for? Um, so I don't know how much you know about Arizona. So Arizona has a a lot of education issues statewide. We have, our schools are severely underfunded. Our teachers have the lowest pay in the country. I could go on for a while about the, the issues and I see it firsthand because I work for the public schools and this is my fifth year working for the public schools in Arizona. And so for me, it's been on my radar for the past several years that our schools are facing an education crisis, that we have a serious issue with our teacher retention. But for me, the tipping point was this past year when Trump got elected, I Mm -hmm. felt horrified, appalled, devastated. And that's when I started getting more involved in politics at all. Like I'd always been a person who paid attention and voted, but but this past year, since November, is when I started to take a more active role. And then the more I joined groups and got involved and 
and was rallying at the Capitol with groups, the more potential I saw for there to be a shift in the political dynamic in Arizona. I feel like there is the potential for our state to, to go blue. Mm-hmm. And, and then I saw Betsy DeVos and I watched her confirmation hearing for Secretary of Education. And that was the tipping point for me that we absolutely must have more educators in politics if we wanna see any kind of benefit for our schools. Yeah. I didn't realize that Arizona's school system was so bad. Yeah, it's it's kind of shocking. Um, and it's I've looked at some charts that are very telling where it shows since the recession, most states have increased their funding towards public schools. You know, around 2008, everyone froze their budgets for schools for the most part because money was really tight across the whole country. But mm-hmm. since then... Arizona is one of the only states that has decreased their budgets for the schools since 2008, whereas most states have increased. And, you know, some have increased by a lot and some have stayed around the same, but Arizona has been perpetually decreasing their funding for the schools. Yikes. Okay. Well, I obviously want to talk to you a lot more about this, but let's get Mm -hmm. you introduced here. So who are you and for what are you running? My name's Kathy Hoffman, and I'm a Democratic candidate for Superintendent of Public Instruction in Arizona. And that is obviously a state position, right? It is, correct. Where are you located, like where are you actually located in Arizona? I currently live in North Phoenix, Mm -hmm. but I moved to Phoenix last year from Tucson, so it's still a little bit funny for me to say that I'm (laughs) in Phoenix or live in Phoenix. Um, I lived in Tucson for about seven years. Okay. And so I have a lot of connections down in Southern Arizona as well. And you're having to campaign like statewide Mm -hmm. for this. Correct. And I'm still working full time. So it has been a lot of work, but yeah. And just the past past few weeks, I've been to Sedona, Flagstaff, Tucson, um, Prescott. So yeah, it's it's very much a statewide race. And I guess you would have, like, if you get elected, you'd have to quit your job? Yeah, my, as of now, I'm not planning to sign a contract for the next school year because our primary will be next August. Oh, okay. So I, I don't see how I could return to work full-time in August, the same month that we have the election. Yeah, that would be really tough. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it, yeah, and then once elected, it is a full-time position, and so I, at that point, would not be working for the public schools either. Yeah. I know my schedule has been just bananas the last couple of weeks, but hearing mm-hmm. you talk about like you're campaigning <laughs> and working full time, that makes me feel just yeah. awful. <laughs> so how, how do you work your schedule to do that? Well, first I drink a lot of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Um, but yeah, I guess when I'm at work, I focus on work as much as possible and I check my messages during lunch to keep up with all of my campaign stuff. But Um, you know, thankfully I have a really good team Mm -hmm. supporting me and some of them are paid staff and some are interns and some are volunteers. And so fortunately I've been able to delegate a lot out to the various people who are supporting my campaign. And I think that's, that's the key is being able to delegate and keep things organized. Um, but yeah, basically I, I, you know, since I work for the public schools, I, I work from 730 
a.m. to 3.30 p.m. And mm -hmm. then I'm oftentimes going straight from work to an event. And so I have been literally changing in the backseat of my car and doing my makeup oh, in the front geez. seat of my car. <laughs> yeah, drinking coffee. <laughs> and then I go do an event, go give a speech or go participate in a panel or go meet with voters, meet with Democrats, different groups, go to a happy hour, do as much as I can to network. And then when I get home, if, if it's not too late, then I can still, you know, catch up with social media, email, that kind of thing, do some paperwork types of things that are necessary, or go to the bank real quick, you know, have my short little errands. And then another key is actually getting to bed at a reasonable time and making sure I'm getting a full night's sleep because I've learned fairly quickly that if I'm sleep deprived and try to do this, then things start to feel pretty negative yeah all right well I don't think that I get mm -hmm. to say that I'm I'm busy any longer hearing <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a full-time job on top of my full-time no job kidding but it's worth it it's it's been so motivating speaking with people and gaining support gaining momentum and um, it's it's worth it every minute so what is your day job yeah, so I'm actually a speech therapist. So okay. I work in special education, and I work at a school that's a Title I school. So the majority of the kids at that school are low income and need free and reduced lunches. As a speech therapist, I, I currently work with about 50 students from kindergarten through eighth grade. And I, I do have flexibility in my job to work in small groups or work in the classroom, work one-on-one -on -one with students. So it, it gives me the opportunity to meet frequently with teachers, administrators, and importantly, the families mm -hmm. of these kids. And so that's another motivation for me to run is to be a voice for my students. So you've got kind of an interesting background. You went to a Japanese immersion program? Correct, in Portland, that's Oregon. That's so interesting. How does that work? Yep. It's amazing. I highly recommend this type of program for, for anyone that's interested. So I had half the day in Japanese and half the day in English from kindergarten through eighth grade. Oh my gosh. And then I, yeah, I, I didn't continue the program in high school, but by then I was pretty much already fluent mm -hmm. in Japanese. And I went to Japan for the first time when I was in eighth grade. And then I studied abroad there when I was in high school. And I had a couple other opportunities to go there because I could speak Japanese. I, I was hired to go work at a bilingual film camp in Tokyo. And I ended up majoring in Japanese in college because I just, I kept continuing with my Japanese studies and I, I loved learning more about the culture and the history. And, and so it, it's been a huge part of my life growing up. Um, and then it's, it helped me to go on to learn Spanish and then all of this, you know, when I, so actually when I graduated from college, I had no idea what I wanted to do. <laughs> I'm one of, the, one of those people where I just, I just love traveling. I wanted to travel mm -hmm. the world and I, I was able to study abroad in South America as well during college. And so that was my passion was traveling and learning languages. And I was able to teach preschool for a year, and that's when I encountered the field of speech therapy and special mm -hmm. education. And so that's when I, I fell in love with that profession specifically, and it is ex extremely language-based. So everything I learned as far as learning a second and second and third language was, has, I've been able to apply those skills 
to the students that I work with because I'm, I'm teaching my students language and how to communicate um, despite their, their disabilities. Mm-hmm. And how do you think that learning in this immersion program, like at, mm-hmm. at a, such a young age, has really like influenced your, I guess, love for, for education? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, one, yeah, one example is, um, so growing up in the immersion program, we, mm-hmm. ha- we had teachers from Japan and exchange students and people, lots, lots of visitors that would come from Japan to our school. And so we constantly had different, various cultural activities and um, you know, even in the classroom opportunities to cook Japanese food and that kind of thing. And so this past year at my elementary school where I work now, I actually organized an international week and international night Mm -hmm. and the at the international night we invited um, parents and community members to help us organize dance performances and other music performances and we had different booths from different countries and it was so cool because we had like one family from Tonga and one family from Iraq and and then we had different games and activities for all the students and so I think that because I grew up with that type of multicultural opportunity mm-hmm. and it's, it's, you know, opened my eyes to the world and to people who live in a different, different situation, different culture, different environment than we do. I want my students to experience that too. That's so cool. I just, I would love to have had that kind of experience. Yeah. I mean, now, nowadays we do see more Mandarin mm-hmm immersion programs popping up because that's more of the economic power future of future of the world. Yeah. So what has the process of running for office been like for you? It's been great. I I mean, of course, there have been challenges. But like I said, having this amazing team behind me and with me every step of the way, you know, they've become like a second family to me or or part of my family. And so that's been great. And um, and I, I like that as a team, we, we have the approach that I'm not waiting until I get elected to make a difference in Arizona. Mm-hmm. And so what, part of what that looks like is I've already been collaborating with other candidates. And um, there were a couple city council races recently, and I canvassed with those candidates and, and helped them as much as I could. And um, unfortunately, one of those candidates candidates did not win and then the other one he's going on to a general election in November so we don't we don't know yet for him but um, so part of it is helping other Democrats get elected whereas I think you know some other candidates might say no you need to just focus on your own campaign and don't worry about everyone else like just focus on you but I think it's so important to have people who are pro-education at every level so starting at whether that's city council or school board or um, in the legislatures, we, we need to be electing people across all positions, not just mine. So that's one piece of it. And then I've also been involved with um, some campaigns for that are more issue-based. So in Arizona is one of the states that's trying to expand the vouchers, which is what Betsy DeVos wants to see happen mm-hmm. nationwide and, and that Trump supports um, having vouchers. But the voucher programs take money out of our public schools. Families can take that money to pay for private school tuition. But since our schools are starving for funding and really can't afford to lose any of the 
very limited funds that they already have. I can't support anything that's going to further defund our public schools. So I've been working with that campaign, which is called Save Our Schools, um, to make sure. So that's actually going to be on the ballot mm-hmm. next November that um, that the voters can vote on whether or not they want the voucher expansion. So I've been involved with that. And then I've also been advocating and fighting for issues that are important to me, such as in Arizona, there are many policies that are discriminatory towards students. So maybe you've heard a little bit about some of those because Arizona is known to be fairly fairly right-wing on some of these yeah. policies. But one of the policies is it, that we have an English-only policy for our kids that are learning English as a second language. And and that's that's discriminatory. And yeah. we, we see very poor results with, with that group of students. They have, so in Arizona, we have the lowest high school graduation rate of English learning students in the country. And we live next to Mexico. Wow. wow. So, yeah, it's atrocious. And so that's another, so I, when I go and I talk to voters and I give my speeches, these are issues that I talk about now and say, I'm not waiting until I get elected. These are things we have to address now. Mm-hmm. How did you choose your team? Um, mostly by luck. Like, <laughs> kind of just, <laughs> they just come my way. Um, so my campaign manager is a very young guy. He's um, probably, I think he's 22 or 23 years old. And and that's who you were mm-hmm. emailing with, um, Noah. And he is a music teacher at a Title I school. And he's also just passionate about the same issues that I am. And... And he got involved really early on as a volunteer, and he just kept doing more and more and more and basically became my left hand on everything. We were planning everything together. And so finally I started saying that I'm looking for a campaign manager because that's something that's somebody that you usually hire a little bit later because you pay them more, <laughs> so you don't... Like, I filed to run in March, <laughs> yeah, which is really early. And so I couldn't hire someone right away. But anyway, so once I was able to hire someone, he said he wanted the job. And I said I couldn't imagine anyone else. <laughs> so he's been my campaign manager ever since. And, and yeah. And then the other um, staff people have either been recommended mm-hmm. to me, referred to me, um, or I met them somewhere and just got to talking and they were on board with everything that I'm fighting for and they wanted to get involved and it's just worked out great. So have you faced any obstacles in your run? Yeah, there's been a, a lot, especially as a new candidate and having never run for any office before and having even very limited experience helping anyone else get elected. So yeah, there's, there's a lot of obstacles. Um, I would say you know, even just the fact that I have a, I have a primary, I have an opponent in the primary, mm-hmm. and that's an obstacle in itself is how do you communicate with that person or how do you, commu- how do you address them in public? You know, we, we had a debate. Um, so things like that have been, have been challenging, you know, and then uh, just, you know, ha- being able to maintain any kind of normalcy in my life and maintain friendships, um, you know, have any kind of free time to spend with my husband or my family and friends. That's that can be challenging at times too, because it is a huge sacrifice. 
Yeah, no kidding. What has surprised you the most about running for office? Um, that's a good question. Um, one thing that's really surprised me is I always had the perception that candidates were unaccessible, that I that they're like these mm-hmm. famous people and I how like they would never have the time to talk to me or that kind of thing. And now I see that candidates are actually desperate to go to the voters and talk with them and meet with them. <laughs> and they're ex- at least the ones I'm getting to know are extremely accessible. And, and now I'm getting to know all of them really well. So I know both candidates, at least on the d- Democratic side, I know both candidates running for governor. I know uh, many candidates running for Senate. Um, I know candidates running for legislature in all different areas of the state and and running for Congress. And so that's, I think that's been something really surprising to me is is just realizing that if someone really is interested in in speaking with a candidate, it's actually should be very easy (laughs) to reach out to them. And that might not be true in every state, but it's true here. Where do people get involved with your campaign? I would start with my website, which is electkathyhoffman.com. And from there, everything's there. You can sign up to volunteer. You can you can make a donation. Um, you can follow all of my activities that, um, through the press section. And um, I'm on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I'm kind of on Snapchat, but... I haven't been very active. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's there's lots of ways and we're always available to be reached through the website or Facebook. What does your campaign need most right now? Mm-hmm. Is it like boots on the ground? Is it donations? What? It's kind of a little of everything, which has actually been a challenge. Um, mm-hmm. we, we do need donations to be able to afford things like flyers and paying my staff and maintaining the website and everything. So we, we always need donations, just like any other campaign. But to make things more complicated, I'm running as a clean elections candidate, which means mm-hmm. it's, it's actually a statewide program. So I'm not taking any donations from corporations or PACs. And when I meet all of the clean elections requirements, the state will actually fund my campaign with over $100,000 for the primary and over $100,000 for the general. Whoa. And that's to keep corporate interests out of politics. But... Um, one of the requirements is that I need at least 1,500 different Arizona voters to donate $5. And that's kind of been like a marathon to try to get that many people to donate $5. And so that's one thing we're working on is getting our $5 contributions. Um, we, need petition- we need our signatures on my petitions to be signed, which you can do online or in person. And then we need volunteers. We always, we're still out canvassing and um, we have all kinds of small tasks that that volunteers can help us with as well. That's really interesting. Mm -hmm. So you need $5 from how many Arizona residents? Yep, at least 1,500 different voters. And they have to be in Arizona. They can't be like Texas or... Right. If someone in Texas wants... That's really an interesting program. (laughs) And so if someone in Texas wants to make a contribution, they can donate to my general fund. And I I am collecting donations that way. Okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You're not going to turn that $5 away. No. (laughs) And yeah. And the maximum that anyone can donate towards my campaign is $160. So it's another way to make sure that I don't... That I'm not tied to anyone or 
that, you know, yeah. I don't have a donor who's donating $5,000 that I'll feel like I owe money to because the maximum anyone can donate is 160. Why 160? Do you know? No, I don't know. That's just the, the set <laughs> limit. But anyone running... That's really interesting. Yeah, anyone running in our state for a statewide position or the legislature can can participate in the clean elections program, but but then mm-hmm. the amounts are all different. So someone running for the legislature doesn't need as many $5 contributions and they don't get as much money from the state. Hmm. Okay. Very cool. Yeah, I like that. It is. All right. So one last question. Mm-hmm. Um, if you had advice for someone listening to this who is thinking about running for office, what would that advice be? I have lots of advice. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) One, uh, I would say participate in some kind of candidate training program because I did that and it was Mm -hmm. extremely informative and valuable. So definitely do that. And that also gave me the opportunity to network. I I did one that was a local one, um, but I Uh heard great, great things about the Emerge program as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I participated in a local one, um, and and so that gave me the opportunity to network with other people that were thinking of running, who are now a lot, of, most of them are running, um, and then trying to find different mentors in different places. So I've um, I've been working pretty closely with some people in the Democratic Party, and um, and other people who have run for office or have been in office. So I have. I have different mentors that have had different experiences, and I think that's really important mm-hmm. is to have lots of people that you can ask questions to because there's going to be so many questions, and it's just good to to have those people that you can talk to. And, um, and yeah, but I mean, I think for me, looking back, the hard, one of the biggest obstacles in the beginning was that fear of like, what am I doing? This is so crazy. Like, what am I, why am I doing this? You know, just feeling scared, like feeling, it's like you're really putting yourself out there and and feeling anxious about it, but at the same time feeling like so motivated and so empowered and like, this is what I need to do to to fight for our schools, fight for my students. Um, So that, that was really challenging, but I think for someone who's thinking about running to know that that it starts off like that, but then um, you overcome it, that it gets easier, you get into the swing of things, you get more support, you feel more empowered. And um, and so that that fear has really subsided. And, <laughs> and now there's there's still obstacles, but I'm I'm no longer anxious about it. It's it's more it's there's more of a rhythm and flow to it now. Yeah. Well, I got to say, the students of Arizona are lucky to have you as a champion for them because you can just tell <laughs> how passionate you. you are. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> well, good luck in your campaign. I, that. I will be thank watching you. from afar. Yeah, and thanks for chatting with me. I appreciate that so much. Of course, it's been my pleasure. And if, yeah, again, if anyone wants to reach out with any additional questions about running or if I can help in any way, I'm happy to. Yeah, because like you said, you know, candidates just want to talk to people. Exactly. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) 
And that's it for today. Huge thanks to Kathy Hoffman for chatting with me. She's so freaking impressive, and I can't believe how much work she has to do to campaign. Please, everyone, go follow her and support her campaign. She needs all the support she can get. Find her at electkathyhoffman.com, and that's Kathy with a K. She's also on Facebook at Elect Kathy Hoffman, and on Twitter, she is Kathy Hoffman underscore AZ. Thanks for listening to the show. If you enjoy it, please tell a friend about us. Also, give me some suggestions about who to have on the pod. I'm working on getting some sort of map going about which states I've had candidates from, and I've got to say, Arizona, Texas, and Pennsylvania are really carrying the load here, people. I need some women repping the East Coast. (laughs) Send me your favorite female candidates. I really want to know who you're excited to see run. Email me at she'srunningpod at gmail.com if you know some amazing women who are running for office. Or better yet, tweet at me at she'srunningpod and tag your lady candidate. I'm always looking for suggestions and I will try to talk to as many female candidates as I can. You can find and follow the podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at at she'srunningpod. Shout out to my sister Morgan for manning the she's running Facebook page lately. She's doing a great job, and that's one less thing that I have to do. So, yay, Morgan. (laughs) That's it for today. Thanks. I'll talk to you soon.